I'm Matt Gray, and I'm joined weekly by Dr. J. We're both certified financial planners, and we talk about how child-free life impacts your finances. This is Child-Free Life and Money. Matt Gray here with Dr. J on Episode 7 of Child-Free Life and Money. Today, Dr. J, we are going to be covering some or one of the more opportunistic parts of being child-free, something that we're allowed to take advantage of or, or maybe have the benefit to take advantage of. And that's really looking at risk and reward in our lives and how we can we can do things that maybe people with kids couldn't because of the riskiness of it. Um, and so we'll kind of dive into that. But do you have any preliminary thoughts on as a child-free person, uh, you can do some things in life maybe that you wouldn't normally be able to if you had children or if you had someone to take care of like that? Yeah, so when I was doing research for my book, Portraits of Child-Free Wealth, I asked the question, what does it mean to live a life of child-free wealth? And I asked a whole lot of people, hundreds of responses, survey, interviews, all that. Bottom line, child-free wealth means you have the time, money, and freedom to do what you want. Right. Now, that sounds really fun, easy, all that. That doesn't mean you're rich. Like, you know, people still have income disparities, all that. But what I found is actually if you have the time, money, and freedom, then people are like, uh, now what? Like, right. what do I want my life to look like? What is it? And it's it's a it's just a moment. Like, huh? What do I really want? And and I think when we look at these risks and reward, my question is, cool, you're taking a risk, great. Why? Yeah, and they're like, uh, right, right. I I think I say quite often that uh, you know, when you have that goal of reaching financial independence or whatever that is uh, for you, once you get there, you you've been pursuing that goal for so long. Lots of times you kind of forget why you were pursuing that goal. But I try to remind people that, Hey, when you're child free, like rules are for kids. When you're child free, you don't really have all these rules about, Oh, you've got to settle down in one place or you have to, you know, work a career for 40 years. Like any of that stuff that you're, you're taught or is normalized when you're younger doesn't apply to you really. I mean, you can structure whatever life you want. It's, it's completely up to you, whatever you want to do. You could break those boundaries. And when people really can get into that thought process, maybe once they've started getting to that point where they've got time, money, freedom, all that, they go, oh, okay, well, then what do I want to do? And that's where I think there's an opportunity for child for people to be much more, uh, I don't know the best way to describe it, take on much more risk, not just from like a financial perspective, which is completely different, but from a life perspective. I'm going to go try to be a digital nomad for the next two or three years, or I'm going to try to start my own wine shop or something, or maybe I'm going to join the Peace Corps at 40 or I don't know, whatever people want to do. Great. And I think those risks can often pay off in many different types of rewards. The main reason a lot of people, or maybe not the main, but one of the significant reasons is to get that freedom to have a more fulfilling life this way. They can do it. And uh, so I guess when, when we kind of talk about that risk and reward, we talk about it all the time, or especially as financial planners, that financial planning is not about getting more money in your bank account. It's about allowing you to live the ideal life, like the life that you want to lead. And money just supports that. So being child-free, being able to take risks and doing whatever the, the big bucket list you have, do you see more of your clients doing things, maybe not, I wouldn't call them wild, but more ambitious things when it comes to their lives, the way they structure their lives, anything like that? 
Well, I think it's it's just a different way of life. So everything you just listed is what we would call the life the standard life script. You know, mm-hmm. you go to school, you, you you get a job, you get married, you have kids, you, you know, you 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 grow up your kids, you retire, you give them the that's the standard life script. Which mm-hmm. my argument is if you've decided to be child free or you're childless or whatever how, whatever circumstances got you there, then why are you following the rest of the script? Right. You know, and it's like, well, uh, 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 and it's funny. I have these meetings all the time with people. I'm like, cool. What's your goals? Great. We'll work through all of this. And it takes a while. And I'm like, all right, let's do that. And they're like, no, no, no. I meant like eventually. I'm like, no, let's do it now. Right. And that's where they're like, huh. And I'll give you my life example. So my wife and I are both PhDs. And finding two careers for PhDs at the same time, same level, same places is nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. So we've embraced what we call the gardener and the rose. One of us is growing. That's the rose. And one's the gardener providing support. So my wife got a job opportunity 1,200 miles away. That is an ideal thing for her career. And we picked up everything and moved to Mississippi. Now, this is in a pre-row world, back when Roe still existed. Now I am in a post-row world running a financial planning firm in the poorest state in the country um, that is focused on child-free. Let's just say that was not great planning, <laughs> but it works out for us because it's the right opportunity for my wife. Mm. And it's her turn to be the rose. And we can do that. And I mean, literally, i give you an idea of how crazy this was. So in uh, academics, it takes about six months for job search and all that. So in December, you know, it's kind of like, all right, let's look at the market. She got a job offer in April. We flew out um, that weekend, took a look at a, you know, went out with realtors, like look at 20 places, went all, I don't know nothing about Mississippi. You know, just got to go. And by June, we had packed, sold our other house, packed up, threw the do- dogs in the back of the, the Prius. Now you've got to see two massives in the back of a Prius. That's a separate discussion. But we just drove <laughs> 1,200 miles and moved. And we caught. And, and if, you, if you had kids, that would just not have happened. Now, right. we're a year later. And my wife just said, you know what? This is great. Because at the time, you know, when we, were, when we were like in the middle of the change, you're just so wrapped up in it. You never know what's going to happen. But it's better for her. It's a better opportunity for her. Better career for her. Cool. For me, I can work around it. I meet via Zoom, so I can meet people anywhere. Um, you know, some of the politics, that's a different discussion. But, <laughs> you know, like, it works, and we could take that risk. And I sit there, I said, look, in worst case, it doesn't work out. We'll move somewhere else. Hmm. And, and, like, that's just like, I mean, we're fortunate. We have no debt. We do well. You know, we could do it financially. But that's just the level of risk that's okay for a child-free couple. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we're. I, I'm 44. She's a little younger than me. And by the way, you don't share your wife's age. You know, that's one of those things I teach you tricks, Matt. You know, right. you don't, yeah. don't share those on podcasts. But <laughs> you know, I, if something went wrong, cool. Let's restart and try again. Like, I mean, you right. can do that as child-free people. So yeah, you just commented twice. You you brought up the idea of like, oh well, if it doesn't work out, we'll we'll try again. And I think maybe that is one of those things that truly is the luxury of being child-free is, um, and, and maybe give me your perspective on this, you can afford to fail. A failure is not the end of the line. Whereas if you have kids, maybe you couldn't take the risk the first time around because you couldn't afford to fail. There was no option to fail. And so you just never address, you never take the risk in the first place. Whereas being child-free, you could say, you know what? I'm going to go, we're going to pack up, we're going to move to Mississippi, we're going to throw a couple of giant dogs in the back of our tiny car, and we're going to drive 1,200 miles, and we're going to see what happens. And to your point, earlier we talked a little bit about risk and reward. You've now been rewarded in that, 
your wife said things are going well, enjoying the position. You're able to make your business work well from where you are just fine. And it seems like everything's settling in as good or better than what was planned originally to the point where you're you're reaping the benefits of taking that risk at this point. Your lives are full and, and all of that. So yeah, maybe do you think people can afford to to fail more easily, but also are the rewards bigger because you can take bigger risks? I guess I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, maybe they can afford to fail, but I ask this question to them when they're, when they're holding themselves back from taking a risk. Mm. Say, so are you more worried about your fear of failure or fear of success? Right. By the way, nine times out of ten, success actually is the issue, not failure. Right. Because I think there is kind of like, eh, if I failed, I could do something else. Like, that's not as much of a fear for right. many people. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I deal with child-free people. So, I mean, you know, just that within that population. But I think it's just one of those things where maybe the fear hold us, holds us back or whatever. And, like, we're actually more comfortable kind of like, you know, just following the path we're on and not swerving. Like that's how people, Oh, I want to start, let's start a cupcake shop. Well, let's do it. Right. Like, well, but those don't make much money. Oh, that's okay. You know, right. do it somewhere where it's cheap to do it. Like, right. you know, and they're like, well, but, but, but I've, I've, I've studied for this and I have this degree and I'm like, cool. Does that make you happy? Yeah. I'm using Marie Kondo now. Does that bring you joy? Yeah. No. Well then let's go do the cupcake shop. Right. And they're like, but, that and then I'll hear, but that'll hold back my retirement. I go, well, if you enjoy the cupcake shop, would you want to retire? No. Well, then who cares? Yeah. Let's just do it. Exactly. And, and I, there's always this moment where they just start staring at me at the screen, like, um, uh, I've run shit, out are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of like, you know, the dog that caught the, the, the car, you know, like I could, but, and yeah. by the way, I've, tra- I've been tracking this. When I get people to that point where I'm like, here, you could get your goals. It takes about three months before they actually do it. And I say that because like the first month is kind of like, all right, let me double check your math. Like right. I always get one of those moments. Right. Then the math works out. And then they're like, do I really want to change? Right. And especially in couples, there's this moment of like, are we really doing this? Right. Yeah. And then the third time they, I meet with everybody monthly, the third time I meet with them, they go, all right, what do we got to do? <laughs> it's like, Let's go. And the way I say it is create the life you want, then figure out the finances to go with it. Right. You know, so if you if you want to run that cupcake shop, it might mean you have to give up that fancy car. I'm making it up, but something right. you might have to give something, but it's worth it. The other thing is you are probably a better investment than the stock market. And now I know we're financial planners, we're not supposed to say, whoa, you know, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to put everything <laughs> in the stock market. But, Look, let's invest in you and your business or your idea or your life or going right. back to school. That's going to have a better return on investment, both in money and in joy. And right. that's what people are like, huh? Right. You know, like, well, how do I measure that? Well, I don't know. That one we can't measure as much. But right. really, does adding another zero to your bank account make you happy? Or how about you go open that cupcake shop you always want to do? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up a great point, which is I think so many people get caught up in the idea that, oh, money is the end game or whatever else that is like, oh, retirement is the end game. When realistically, I always try to remind people that happiness is the end game. And then you reverse engineer that and you go, okay, well, what, what does happiness come from? Oh, internet connections, unstable. Are you there? Yeah, you locked up completely and now you're back. Cool. All right. Well, we'll 
rewind, reset. I'm going to go back fairly far to so for cutting purposes. Um, but I always try to remind people. We were at the cupcake shop is when it locked up. The cupcake shop? Man, I, I said, remember. yeah, go ahead and do that. And you're like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was going to say, I always try to remind clients that happiness is the end game. Like that's the the point of everything that we do. And when you reverse engineer from happiness, you okay, well, how do you get happiness? And there are plenty of studies on what brings happiness. But let's just simplify it to living the life that you want to lead. Great. And the money is meant to support that. So, I mean, happiness is the end game and there's multiple steps to get there. So when people say things like, okay, well, you can afford to start the cupcake shop because that's the life you want to lead and that will bring you happiness. Nothing else should supersede that. Like that's technically the whole point. Like that's what we're doing this for. And I think that's such a good reminder to not get caught up on steps one or two to reach step three. Like you should, you're still going for step three and whatever is going to get you there fastest is, or, or in a way to make it as, as the long, the longevity of your happiness to, to be around for a while. Like that's really what the goal is. And so it's a good point to say, take the risk if it brings you that reward of happiness. You've saved, you've worked hard, you've done these things to be able to afford to go do that or whatever else it is you've trained in something. Go go now do that and see if it brings you happiness. Do that. And you have that opportunity to take those bigger risks. Yeah. And Matt, you and I both started our financial planning firms about the same time. And uh, that's actually how, for backstory, that's actually how Matt and I met. We were in a mastermind group of places that started. Mm-hmm. And I just read a stat the other day that only about 15% of new financial planners or, or re, uh, registered investment advisory firms make it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. So we both took a chance that 85% says we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why'd you, why'd you do that, Matt? Well, my story is a little bit unique in terms of why I did that. But I think, all right, oh man, you're going to get me on a monologue here. So let's see how quickly I can wrap this up. First and foremost, financial planners, I think as a whole, at this point in the industry, you can either have the very reliable, safe job of being an employee advisor and do just fine and make a reasonable career out of it. But if you ever want to really have control over your career and your earnings potential, things like that, you've got to start your own firm. So you'll find, I think, typically more ambitious advisors or ones who can take on more risk will say, I'm going to go start my own firm and see what happens. If I fail, same thing. Great. I'm out, you know, five figures or something. So I have savings and I'll work for an extra year and a half towards the end of my career or something. Uh, so I wanted that from fairly early on in my career to start my own firm. And I understood that. So I kind of started preparing for that relatively early. But then I had uh, a serious medical diagnosis when in 2019, I was diagnosed with kidney failure. I was on dialysis for multiple years and then had a kidney transplant in 2021. And I didn't have any epiphany. I didn't have anything like that. That was this crazy, like, oh, life's changing, life's fleeting or anything like that. Uh, I actually had kind of the moment when I was in the hospital, not sure when I was, if I was going to be getting out of the hospital ever, either, either in a body bag or walking out, I wasn't sure. And so I was sitting there with that. I naturally came to that question of, what do I regret? Like, what didn't I do? And the question kept coming back. Like the answer was always, well, you didn't ever try to launch your own firm. You didn't ever try. And so I was transplanted May of 2021. I was on medical leave until August of 2021. I launched my firm in September of 2021. Um, And so, yeah, I, I went straight into launching that firm, knew the risks associated, but I also looked at it without having kids and said, 
what's the worst that can happen? What I'm out 50 grand in a year. And then to your point, I go get another job. I don't know. Okay, I'm perfectly hireable. So the risk, because I don't have kids, seems much smaller. And the reward seemed so outsized compared to the compared to the risk. Yeah, you know, I that's it. That's a much more impressive story than mine. But I'm, just, you know, <laughs> I'm like, man, that's terrible to follow up. But I, the thing is, what you're saying is, okay, cool. You're willing to take a chance of failure, which you know, a, okay, a significant a likelihood of failure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like 15% of firms make it. By the way, I don't have – Matt had had a much longer background in the financial. I come out of the coaching world. So I right. come more out of the behavioral side. I come out of healthcare, a few others, into finance. So I, I'll be honest. I didn't know that 85% of firms fail. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I was doing coaching, love it, and you know, wanted to add in more finance because people want to dig into that, and there's some legalese around why you have to be registered and all that. But the thing is – Let's be real, Matt. You knew the likelihood of success versus failure when you set out. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, and particularly among, I'd call myself more of like a technical expert. A lot of my career has been spent really getting into the technical aspects and research of financial planning to really understand those ins and outs. I'm not a salesperson. And anyone who ever tells you anything about launching your own business of any kind is sell, sell, sell. Like that's what you have to do. You have to go out and get customers, get clients, whatever you need to do. And Knowing that I'm a technical expert and not a salesperson, um, I think the odds are probably even less in my favor, <laughs> realistically. So yeah, I knew the odds were not great, but I think for my own fulfillment and happiness, it was give it a shot. You've got to try. Um, and and again, failure was and like the financial cost and time and all that stuff was so inconsequential relative to the happiness and fulfillment an attempt would bring me, I think. And being able to recognize that allowed me to just say, screw it, I'm going for it. You know, um, And I think there's that opportunity for many child-free people. And again, not all, right? Some are in really tough situations. They're taking care of parents. They're working two jobs and make barely making ends meet. Maybe they can't afford to take much risk, but there are, I think, plenty out there who can um, once they get over that mindset, which maybe where your behavioral uh, aspect and coaching side can really get them over the hump quite well into that idea of let's start it and re-engineering our lives to what we want it to be. Well, so yeah, we're talking about the high end and starting a business. Let me talk about a different end. So I was, I met with somebody recently who um, having some trouble, not making, you know, making the bills and worried about debt and credit and all that. Mm. Trying to figure out a better housing. Housing crises right now are, are stupid expensive. Right. And, and finally got to a point and I said, hey, have you thought about moving? Hmm. They were like, well, I said, did you know there's actually a site called Make Me Move where they have a list of cities paying you to move to them? Mm-hmm. If you have a remote job, you can move. And they're like, like I was looking at it, like to move to Indiana. It's like $9,000 to move to Indiana. And like you get access to this and that. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we could do it. But yeah. you know, this happened to be somebody who's single. Like, you know what? I can remark remotely from anywhere and let me move to nowhere, Indiana. I don't remember where it was. But right. my point is we can do that and change our life and, and, and take the risk. Um, so we also get some rewards with it. I think the other part of it is, though, what Matt and I actually do demonstrate is we're both financial people. We both understand the numbers and still took a pretty risky risk. Like the yeah. numbers say, don't do this. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. But for quality of life, you know, so, so for me, I need a job that's flexible because I'm providing support to my wife. 
Correct. That's kind of part of the nature of it. I need to make my own schedule. I need to be able to help her. You be able to do whatever in the house. Um, cool. So I needed something that was flexible. Mm. Now, for us, it's less about the money. You know, we could live off of one salary. It's not a big deal there. Um, I, I joke, but it's true. Um, I'm working for a boat, uh, uh, Nordham 51. It's a, it's about $2 million once it's all said, and I'm going to travel the world. I mean, and that's where I'm going. Uh, and my wife and Sai say, when it's our, when it's my turn to be the Rose, which is 15 years down the road or so, we're traveling the world. Mm-hmm. Well, th- all the money I make is going towards there. So I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it because it fits my life and right. I can provide support to my wife. Right. You know, and, and that's why I'm willing to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, I think it's just a different set. You know, people go, well, I'm very conservative and we're moderate and we're getting investing and risk. Like the numbers don't tell the story right. of what you need to do and then what you're going to get out at the end. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we did take big risks in it looking in the face of it, but it was all because, well, again, what we, I'll continue to say it, and I think a lot of people will downplay it, but we have the luxury of being able to afford to fail, ultimately. Uh, but also- Or afford to su- succeed. Well, yeah. we the challenge, that one. That's fine. Yeah, we can afford to succeed too. But I think uh, it didn't mean the end of our dreams or goals if we did fail. Um, but I, I, I completely agree with you on that. But I think uh, it, they both were moves to become happier and to- to potentially elevate our, our fulfillment within life. And I think that's what drives that decision. Um, and it's kind of a no brainer when like we can exponentially increase your happiness or fulfillment for a small risk of, or relative, again, small risk because of our life situation, not having kids. Fair enough. Um, I've seen that fairly recently where, uh, or so, I mean, I have one client I mentioned in our last episode where one works two days a week and the other one works a full schedule. That's purely because she doesn't want to work. Just doesn't work that much. Yeah, occasionally has some training, does it, but would rather not. And they're able to make it work where she doesn't have to work. Uh, then I recently wrote a plan for some clients where uh, one of the partners wants to retire very early and the other one wants to work until she can't, basically. Uh, and so it's really interesting to see how those dynamics play out where you can build these plans. You can take these risks. People leave to go do this or that. Um, and it still fits their lives and whatever they want to design their life. So have you seen, well, there's the one, if they did that, that client you spoke about that moved to Indiana, that'd be a pretty big one. But do you see any others uh, in, in the clients that you've worked with that is anything fairly remarkable or things that you wouldn't typically see with like families, traditional families with children, things like that? Yeah, so I just uh, wrote an article about this also because I've seen a lot of couples lately looking at this Gardner and the Rose approach sure. and having one person take a sabbatical, taking yep. six months to find themselves to figure out what they want to do. And part of it is we're on the dribble wheel forever. So we're mm-hmm. like, you know, we, we can never think. So the sabbatical, the way I recommend it, first two months are watching Netflix. And, and I literally mean doing nothing, just get your brain to stop. Right. Then it's two months about what do I want to be? You know, mm-hmm. I, I joke, what do I want to be when I grow up? But it doesn't matter what your age, it's just what do you want to be? And then it's two months figuring out how to get there. You know, mm-hmm. so it's networking, it's you know, it, it's shadowing people, it's whatever. And it's a it's a luxury, let's be real, that child-free folks can take. And some singles can do it if they have enough money in the emergency fund to do it also. Mm-hmm. To really take a pause for six months and go, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? 
And that's it. that itself is a risk. And then they are taking a risk to go with it. But the reward is through the roof. And right. in the Garner and the Rose, part of the intent is we're going to swap roles in a couple. So I'll do it now. You do it later. You know, where, okay, let's follow that. And what happens is people go, well, that's going to hurt my earnings over years. I'm like, that's fine. Right. You know, take six months for yourself. You're fine. Right. You know, and, and I think that's just something that we can do. I, I'm not sure if parents could do it. You know, it's just, right. it, you know, could you take six months off to find yourself while you're taking mm-hmm. care of three kids? It's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, right. might not be impossible, but it's going to be hard. Right. Um, but find it out what brings you joy. Everything else goes away and then go towards that. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, some of those examples, I got people going back to school. Uh, some of the people, what they are actually doing is they're shadowing other people like, hey, I wish I had this job. Let me go follow that person for a week and see, you know, and, and is that really what it is? And, you know, some people is like, hey, my passion was always art or whatever. Let's sure. go do that. Right. You know, yeah. and then people go, well, can I really? Yeah. Right. Art, by the way, I've heard a lot, quite a few different people, all different types of art. And I'm like, if you're an artist at heart, why are you slaving on a computer, you know, doing whatever job, you know, answering Right. right. Yeah. They're like, well, art doesn't pay. I'm like, you're right. You'll probably never make a huge pay as an artist. Would you be happier? Yes. Well, then. Let's make it work. Maybe it means you have to downsize your house. Okay. You know, right. would you be happier? Yes. Let's go do it. Right. Right. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, Feelings of Fight Club. I bought all the stuff. I had everything I needed. I built this life that I was supposed to be happy, and I still wasn't happy. And you're like, yeah, fair enough. You know, got to find out what's important. And uh, like you said, Dr. J. Kondo Sigmont here saying, what brings you joy? Uh, and, and I think that's true. Like, really, what does bring you happiness? And how do you pursue that? And sometimes it involves taking risks, but ultimately that reward uh, is, is going to be outsized. And I think admittedly part of that equation is not having kids makes the risk smaller, which makes the proportion of reward that much greater, which encourages us maybe to take some of these risks. So uh, yeah, really interesting stuff here in terms of how that can affect your life. And if you are concerned about the money side, of course, uh, both of us are CFPs and we help people navigate these discussions all day, every day. It's what we do. And so I think pursuing that that end goal of happiness is really the point of you know, you, you live to be happy. You don't sacrifice forever. Uh, and there are multiple reasons why, why why we want to pursue that as soon as possible. So uh, with that, any final thoughts here on uh, risk and reward, Dr. J? I think the other one is, you know what? If you're going to take a big risk, you better have the reward. So if you're taking big risk because, you know, you want to have a lot of money, well, then what? Right. You have a goal versus, right. hey, I want to pass it on. Yeah. I think as always, the the very end goal, what's the money for? Uh, is is more of the question, but very good point. Have the plan in place uh, and then start working for it. Thanks everyone for joining. We'll be back again next week. Child-Free Life and Money is an educational and entertainment podcast only. For further disclosure, look at our websites at www.anthrophywealth.com or www.childfreewealth.com. Either way, consult with your financial planner to see if anything we discuss pertains to you. Thanks for listening.